Welcome back to the Better Birth Podcast, where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum to help you feel empowered on your new parenting journey. Better Birth is presented by Anja Health, the first affordable stem cell safe for banking umbilical cord and placenta stem cells for future cell-based treatments. We're so happy you've joined us. Let's dive into today's episode. Good morning. Avita Sokol is a New York licensed acupuncturist and national board certified herbalist. She received her doctorate in acupuncture and Chinese medicine from Pacific College of Health and Science, where she also received her master's in oriental medicine, graduating as valedictorian of her class in spring 2021, and is a recipient of the Kamlu Academic Excellence Award. During her clinical rotations, Avita worked alongside both Eastern and Western practitioners at Columbia University Medical Center, Housing Works Nonprofit Clinic, and PCHS Student Clinic. She has worked with patients struggling with a variety of conditions, including pain management, respiratory conditions, digestive issues, and women's health. Avita is a member of the state and national professional acupuncture organizations, ASNY, ASA, ASA, and NCAOM. Good morning, Avita. Uh, I'm so excited to have this chat with you this today. Um, can you start by telling us a little bit more about yourself, um, what you do, and what you do in your interest in Eastern medicine and acupuncture and where that came from? Sure. Um... My introduction to Eastern medicine came about uh, 18 years ago. Um, I, in my family, there's a lot of Western medical doctors and I never thought about Eastern medicine as an option. I, After doing, I was very active um, athletically, and after doing a triathlon, I started to have a lot of back issues. And I ended up having major herniated discs in my lumbar spine, had surgery, and in May of 2008, in September of 2008, so like very recently after the surgery, I messed up my back again went back to my orthopedist, got an MRI, and he had told me, your back is messed up, but it's too recent since the surgery. Why not try acupuncture as a way to help with pain management? And I am so thankful to this orthopedist. This is like looking at the um, TV series, Dope Sick. This was at the height of codeine. and, And I had, I didn't like that uh, the muscle relaxers, I didn't like any of that stuff. So I ended up doing acupuncture every three days. It was the only form of uh, pain relief for me. And I was really at my wit's end. I, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't stand. I couldn't sit. I was in so much pain. And acupuncture really helped me after three months of doing that. And I was doing it like really every three days for that horrible pain until it got better. Uh, after three months, I went back to the orthopedist, I got another MRI and it clearly showed that there was a change in my discs. So that was my first introduction to, to Eastern medicine over the course of another 10 years. I changed my lifestyle. I, uh, got more into alternative forms of pain management and, and health management 
and I was in education. I was a principal for 15 years. So my, my body, every time my body was having issues, I started exploring that Western diagnosis and learning about the body. In any case, long story short, I saw how Eastern medicine and just health and wellness really changes how your body performs. And I don't see Eastern and Western medicine as separate. I see them as complements to one another. And that's really how I look at my practice. And when I work with patients, I see both sides to the coin, coin the the amazingness of what Western medicine brings to the table and also the amazingness of what Eastern medicine brings to the table. And so after exploring this, I decided to go back to school and I wanted to do something that really got me excited. I ended up going to Pacific College and had no idea how intense this medical education experience was. We learn, and I, I share this with my patients because I didn't know this when I went to an acupuncturist from the start. I didn't even ask, but we learn everything. So we have to learn Western medicine and Eastern medicine. It's not or, you know, it's not, it's not just learning the Eastern medical traditions. We have to learn everything that a Western doctor goes through. So we, we take anatomy, we take biology, we take chem, we take orgo, we take every single class so that we are knowledgeable and aware of what any patient is going through. We need to learn all of the different systems the digestive system, cardio, the cardiac system, the respiratory system, all of these different things, um, because Eastern medicine looks at everything to understand how to bring the body to balance, how to uh, make sure that the body is working to capacity and at, at its strongest level to assist the individual and to ensure that they're functioning at their best capacity. Brief interruption for our podcast listeners, and then we'll get right back to it. If you're currently pregnant, then this is important for you to know. So when I was three and my brother was one, he was in a near drowning accident that gave him cerebral palsy. One treatment for cerebral palsy is giving children stem cells from their own umbilical cord. The umbilical cord and placenta are both super rich with stem cells that can be used to replace and repair damaged cells. And when they come from the baby, they're a perfect match for that baby. However, my family didn't save stem cells for my brother and we couldn't find a match when the time came. It's pretty difficult to find a cord blood stem cell match if you're a person of color or mixed race. So the best solution to this problem is to save stem cells right at birth. You can do this with AngiHealth. We have a kit that you can bring with you to birth and it contains all of the tools that your provider needs to collect your umbilical cord and placenta. After birth, you can place a pickup in our parent portal and we'll come and pick it up from anywhere in the United States and bring it to our lab in New Jersey where it will be frozen in the same way that you can freeze eggs or sperm. Then your family will always have access to stem cells for future disease treatment. Stem cells have been used to treat type 1 diabetes, different types of cancers, heart disease, liver disease, multiple sclerosis, and more. Get your kit today with Anja Health by going to anjahealth.com. That's A-N-J-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. You can always text or call us with questions as well at 310-620-1663. And yes, it is always a real person. And now back to the episode. 
I love that so much. I love that like complimentary viewpoint. It's wonderful. So tell me a little bit more about acupuncture and how it actually works, um, especially for folks who maybe they've heard of it, but they don't really know what that looks like um, in the patient room. Okay. So there's a lot of things that go on in an acupuncture session. I tell patients, and I fully believe this, and, and it's helped me understand the medicine more, everything that Eastern medicine says, Western medicine says using different language and separating it out. So Eastern medicine was created over 2000 years ago. They, the earliest practitioners cut open bodies, looked at it, saw the organs, saw how they worked with one another, and also how the whole body functioned as uh, how each organ impacted another organ. So for example, the digestive system, they saw how the food came in, went through the esophagus, went to the stomach and how the spleen was involved. Back then, I would say the spleen not only is the spleen, which is located on the left side of the body, it also included, I think, in Eastern medicine, the pancreas and the thyroid. So it, it de dealt with not only the digestive system, but also metabolism and, and how we warm our bodies, how hormones work. So they looked at the body and they saw that and they saw how uh, each organ system was, was affected by the other. So in Western medicine, they kind of siloed them out. And if you have a digestive issue, you have to go to a GI doctor. But it doesn't take into account how stress or um, emotions or psychological or the outside factors affect the digestive system. This is where Eastern medicine is so powerful. We look at not only how your digestion is, how you're taking in food, how you're breaking it down, how you're creating energy for the body, but also elimination how you're eliminating, you know, like, are you bloated? Are you getting acid reflux? How are your bowel movements? Everything comes into play. And are your, are all of these affected when stress is higher or when, um, emotional issues get complicated, how, how every single system, as opposed to Western medicine that just looks at, uh, the, the different systems and specifically that, and not how they're all interacted. Um, in addition, and on the simplest terms, I explain that, again, Eastern medicine says everything that Western medicine says, just using different language. So we learn in elementary, not elementary school, in high school, that our body talks to each other with positive and negative charges. We are an electrical circuit. Our cells talk to each other, positive and negative charges, our organs, our nerves, our neurons, everything is communication. We're communicating with our body at all times using positive and negative charges, just like a computer, an electrical circuit, whatnot. Right. It amazes me that the earliest practitioners thought to include a needle, which is a metal, you know, a conductor that is placed in the body to help this communication between the cells, between the organs, between the nerves to to create a faster circuit. So the most simplest way of explaining acupuncture is that it just allows our body to communicate faster. It allows our cells to talk to one another and that needle allows us to 
to create a faster, better circuit. If there is disharmony or a blockage of some kind throughout the body, we slow down, we have pain, we have congestion, or if we're deficient in some way, things are gonna be slower. And the needles just act as a way to help bring communication along the body's surface. And, and it works with the blood. Blood carries with it oxygen, nutrients, and hormones. And that's why acupuncture can work on so many different levels. It can work on a muscular level by bringing blood to an area of pain and blood brings with it oxygen. So it can help break down any lactic acid buildup that creates hard, tight muscles and bring it and release it into the bloodstream to allow for cleanup in that area. It also, because it works with the, um, the blood and hormones, it can help bring that body from a, a sympathetic nervous system state of fight and flight to a parasympathetic state of rest, digest, and self-repair. And that's all we're doing. We're helping, we're facil as an acupuncturist, I'm just facilitating the individual to bring the body to that calm state so that the body, which is amazing, can repair itself and to support itself in a way that allows the individual to thrive in the way that they can. That's incredible. So we're talking about needles. I know some people have like a big fear of needles. So when they're, when they're coming in for an office, what to into your office for a visit, how do you explain, you know, what, what this acupuncture experience feels like? Does it hurt? Um, what can people expect coming into office with you? People, yeah, people are very concerned about needles and something I, I, you know, when somebody is concerned about needles, there's two options, you know, you can either look at it or just ignore it. And I make it very clear that first of all, everything we use is sterile, single use, uh, disposable needles that go into a sharps container. The needles are thinner than a sewing needle. So if you, if you like, uh, bring, compare needles. The needle that you use in a Western doctor's office is hollow. It's, it's used to be placed into the skin to usually either put in something, the body or take out something from the body, like blood or, you know, whatever the, the, um, the medicine is go into the body or, or retract blood. So that's a hollow needle. The, what we use is thinner than a sewing needle. So if you, if, you, if you compare them, the needle from a doctor's office is very thick and then a sewing needle is thin and then, a, and then an acupuncture needle is about hair thin. It's very thin. So our body has sensory receptors on it. And if you use your finger, you can touch your body. Your body is gonna respond and feel that. Because there are sensory receptors, we will feel the acupuncture needle going into the skin. It might be a prick, you might feel a heaviness, you might feel movement, but that should dissipate. If at any time you feel resistance or feedback, it could be that the needle just affected one of those sensory receptors or even got into a hair follicle and you feel that resistance. I find that with my, patients, I try to communicate and educate them on what's going on. And I want that 
communication to be there. I want them to feel comfortable. I let them know what's going on. I want them to advocate for themselves. If you feel uncomfortable, you should say something because we can help with that. If anything, like there are times where I'm working on a patient and someone, I'll have a needle, like let's say right over here. And they'll be like, oh, it, it really hurts. So let's say over here. And I'll tell them, you know, there's no needle in the part where you're mentioning. If anything, when I, when that occurs, I explain it kind of like the Drano commercial. You know, if you, if you have a clog and obviously our, our body doesn't have clogs in that way, but, but because we're working with the blood circulation, I see it, envision it for myself. And this makes sense to me that there we're working with the blood to move and communicate faster. And sometimes there is congestion in an area and the, the communication circuit is pushing through that, that clog, the Drano clog, and you might feel pain or movement in those areas to allow for that circulation to be nice and easy and flow well throughout the body. So to answer yeah. your question, does it hurt? Again, everybody reacts differently. So the answer is maybe, but it shouldn't continue to hurt or be so much discomfort that it bothers you. Yeah. That's really helpful. I think that's, I think that's also, you know, different people have different levels of tolerance for different things. And so what's painful for somebody, like some people love getting tattoos and they're like, it's completely painless. And then other people are like, this is the worst thing in the world. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and um, with everything with, with, with my patients, I explain to them, there is no black and white answer in Chinese medicine, in, in Eastern medicine, what is normal and I tell them, get that out of your vocabulary when you're speaking with me, because nothing is normal. Nothing is typical. Everyone is an individual. The way I work with my patients, they are an individual. I create a treatment plan that works for them. I create, I choose points that are based on what their concerns are and what they're dealing with at the moment. There's no written answer as, or right pill or, you know, yes answer or no answer to anything. It's about the individual and what they're experiencing and how they're responding. It is important yeah. for me. And I explain this to my patients for, for each of us to become more aware of our bodies and our responses and how we interact with the world around us and, and with the medicine and become more aware of what feels right and what doesn't, what alleviates, what aggravates certain feelings or situations. And that in turn will help your body to, to work optimally. In Western medicine, I also say like in Western medicine, there might be black and white, but Eastern medicine brings color to the body, brings color to, to what we're experiencing and having discomfort with. There's a broad range of what we do experience every day and, and Eastern medicine helps paint that picture in a way that Western medicine kind of just gives the yes or no answer or gives a range. We, we help fine tune it and, and bring clarity 
to a picture. Yeah, that's incredible. So when we're talking about acupuncture and pregnancy specifically, um, one of the biggest questions is around safety. Everyone's ask, everyone's concerned about the safety and well-being of the birthing parent and the baby. Um, so is acupuncture safe in pregnancy? And can you talk a little bit about the safety of acupuncture in pregnancy and what that looks like? Absolutely. Acupuncture, when working with a qualified, educated practitioner, acupuncture can benefit a mother, a mother-to-be in so many ways. I've had patients come to me starting their fertility journey, and I explained to them acupuncture is definitely uh, a positive complement to Western medicine and, and their experience. Uh, it in no way could, if anything, it will enhance the experience, rather withdraw from it. So um, I explained that we're working with the individual and, and utilizing the information that they give me from their cycle. So a lot of patients come to me who, who according to Western medicine, they go to the gynecologist, the OB, they, they get their testing done, all of their hormones are within the range, they're fine but they're not getting pregnant. Acupuncture is a safe way of looking at the body and drawing from whatever we eliminate really the menstrual cycle blood to pick points to support the, the process, the natural um, menstrual cycle with hormones and to support the, the follicular, the follicles, the over the ovarian reserve, the um, uterus and the uterine lining to ensure that the mother is functioning at capacity, if that makes sense. So I, I explain that when I start working with um, patients who are trying to get pregnant, I explain that I really want to work with them starting with at, at least weekly for three cycles so that we can get the cycle normalized or healthy in order to support a fetus, a child to grow in the uterus. And as opposed to Western medicine that gives you that range of the hormones, Eastern medicine gets even even more specific because they didn't have the benefits of ultrasounds and lab testing. They, the earliest acupuncturists had to utilize what we eliminate our sleep, our, our energy levels, our, what we excrete. So sweat, urine, bowel movements, and blood as a way of understanding what's going on inside. We also utilize the tongue and the pulse as a, as a diagnostic tool to also understand what's going on. So I, I, I tell patients, I'm like, not only do I encourage them to uh, use their body basal temperature and keep track of that and keep track of ovulation with all the tools that Western medicine provides us, but I want to know details. Like I ask them, I need to know, are you, are you, um, having 
discharge mid-cycle? How's the temperature? Are you, are you using a, a body basal temperature? Are you, is your temperature rising mid-cycle? What does that look like? I want to know the color and texture of the discharge. When they have their period, I want to know, are they spotting before? Or are they spotting after? I ask them about the color of the blood. I, I even tell them to go to the, you know, pick out an essay color. And I want to know the shade of red that they're, they're having when they have their menstrual cycle. I want to know if it's on the brown side, is it, is it more on the bright red side? How long and how heavy is that cycle? Are there clots in the blood? Are they having um, more bowel movements or more bloating during their menstrual cycle? Is, are they having breast tenderness or cramping before they actually are bleeding or the day they are bleeding or after? All of this gives me insight into how their, their body is really supporting this cycle. We follow the same, just using different language, but the same four part cycle that Western medicine does like the luteal phase, all of that follicular phase. Um, and we want to choose points in the body that is going to su support that those different parts of the cycle. Research shows that the points that we choose and I choose those points because research shows that there are points that really help follicular growth during that certain part of the cycle, or it helps with um, creating better blood during that cycle, whatever it is. And it is a safe, once a patient is able to have a healthy cycle and be able to hold and support a child, acupuncture continues to be safe throughout the, the entire pregnancy. Um, it's great to come once a week during the first trimester to ensure the health and the holding of that baby. There's, there's many times that I see patients who, who we get the cycle down and then they get pregnant and then holding that little embryo is, is difficult. So, so coming through the, the first trimester once a week is great as, as they really get past that uneasy stage, that, that delicate part of the, actually every part of the entire pregnancy process is delicate and, and special. Um, I, I encourage them to come, to continue to come once a week to assist with back pain or any other symptoms that you're having as you're, you're growing uh, and, and supporting a healthy child. Um, and it really is up to the patient, but I usually tell them to try to come once a week, but if, they, if that doesn't work, once a month is, is, is great. And then as they get closer to labor, acupuncture can really help to to ensure and induce labor to help with the breech child, depending on, on what's going on. Again, every part of the way, I encourage patients to be in tandem with their Western doctor. It is, we're not trying to go against, we're trying to support and complement the, the experience. And then as we get closer to the induction date, there are many ways, you know, there are certain points that we do not 
needle during pregnancy. And then as we get closer to induction, we can touch upon those, those specific points to ensure that the induction arrives. And then even more important is after the fact. A lot of times we're so focused on that child that we forget that this mother just gave birth. You know, the fourth trimester is also important to support and replenish the body and, and ensure that this mother is now supported in a way and acupuncture can assist with that. So again, regular, regular visits to the acupuncturist can help in so many ways, especially for pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, and post-pregnancy. Yeah. I love that. So there's pretty much no stage of pregnancy that it's not a good idea. Even prior. Um, I love, I, when I was working as a doula and had quite a few like, um, Western medicine practitioners that I worked with on a weekly basis or whatever with patients, I was really encouraged by how many of them were open to, or even encouraging the use of acupuncture, um, in late pregnancy, especially for folks who were looking to avoid an elective induction. Um, they were looking for kind of like more of a natural holistic path, I guess you could say. Um, and how many like Western medicine doctors had like a, a flyer or a pamphlet that they would drop and say, you know, like, Hey, like, as you're getting towards the end of pregnancy, please consider, you know, acupuncture as one of like the methods. Um, I would love to kind of like jump into kind of the, the specifics of induction or, you know, encouraging the body towards labor, if you will, um, because I know it's a completely different method than like a medical induction. Um, but then also let's dive into a little bit about breach, um, with that as well, because I did have a couple patients whose babies were breech who went to see acupuncturists to try and flip the baby. And it, it worked about, uh, 80% of the time. Um, so that was always, you know, encouraging and fun, um, when someone could avoid a necessary cesarean. Um, so yeah, let's jump into that. Yeah. So again, there are. And it, 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 it really amazes me how the original texts for Eastern medicine go into so much detail into different points in the body and what they do for the body. There are certain points that are contraindicated during pregnancy because they are very moving or downbearing, which makes sense that they're allowed during that induction period. There's also written documentation from the earliest practitioners about specific points that were known to, to connect to the uterus and to encourage turning of the child. So um, during, for a breech baby, and I've, I've had, especially in my clinicship, um, a, uh, working under another practitioner who worked with with pregnant women a lot, specifically, uh, she mentioned the importance of, again, communication with the Western doctor. Doing these treatments where they, they put moxa, which is a warming herb on a point, and I wouldn't tell anyone to do this by themselves. I do wanna make it clear, every time a practitioner works with a patient who has a breech child, there needs to be a meeting with the Western doctor to do the 
ultrasound or, or what have you to look and make sure that everything's okay because you don't want to flip and and then the baby flip again or or cause complications overall. So it's very important to, to note that anytime these, these situations happen, Western doctors are there to provide another element and to see within the body. Eastern medicine doesn't, we don't have x-ray vision. We, we need the help of ultrasounds and all of that to know what's going on. So there is a type of resource that we use, moxa, which is that warming herb on a specific point on the pinky toe that research shows is connected to the uterus and, and somehow encourages the child to turn and to avoid that breach position. In addition, there are certain points, again, that are downbearing or bring blood and circulation to the uterus and to encourage the hormone that is going to encourage contractions. So again, everything with acupuncture is, is connected to the circulation of blood, is connected to our bodies and how our body flows. And there are certain points that prove to encourage different reactions. And during induction, more so they are, they are utilizing those points. So having the, for me, when I, when I worked with, when I've worked with pregnant women who are hoping to get to induce their labor, it's a sideline position and and really stimulating points along the back, closer to like right posterior to the uterus to bring blood to the uterus to help with circulation and to encourage contractions and encourage the child, the induction of, of labor. I yeah. tell patients there's no, again, set time of when this will occur. I've worked with patients who are hoping to induce labor and I tell them to come every day and to uh, ensure that they're being in communication with their Western doctor and to be aware of how they're feeling post-treatment. Yeah. And, and utilizing those points along the body that are going to be more downbearing and more moving. Yeah. It's incredible how the human body, you know, when you're pregnant and your body is preparing to like give birth, the body's working towards that, right? Like everything in your body, like the hormones that your body begins to create and secrete, um, more oxytocin increases contractions and those sorts of things. So it makes sense if we look at, you know, breech babies and all these things and induction methods using acupuncture, if we're using methods that increase circulation, even, um, some patients also use like prenatal massage or whatever that was like specifically targeted around the same acupuncture points that their acupuncturist was using um, to increase blood flow. Um, and we know all of these things like work together to increase circulation and help, you know, those, all of the systems of the body like work as they should, right? How I'm, I'm always curious, um, your perspectives on how much like the placebo effect kind of affects um, how people perceive even like something with their, with their Western medicine doctor, um, and how, you know, the effects of somebody believing in themselves that this is going to make a difference. And so they see a difference because they believe it inside. 
um, and kind of the difference between that and the data that exists inside of like the acupuncture space around circulation. Um, and is there like, I guess that kind of coincides with like any myths that you might yeah. have heard about acupuncture that you would like to debunk in the space too? Absolutely. I mean, listen, I, <laughs> I'm always amazed that this stuff actually happens and works. And I'll give you an example that's not pregnancy related in a second, but if anything, if it is a placebo effect, who cares? It's yeah. not, it's not adding medicine or a, an outside, I don't know, something that's going to affect other things. It's not making it worse. So yeah. does it matter? Like, is it placebo? I don't know. But there is research that shows, wow, this actually works. Like this is working. I, I can give you a lot of examples about pregnancy, but I'm just going to do for me personally. And I am amazed by this every single time it happens. So I, I, every single time it happens, I'm like, wow, this stuff really works. So I have a, a genetic respiratory condition and I, I have cystic fibrosis. So my lungs, my body doesn't clear out debris in the way that a healthy body does. And a, a wheezing, wheezing occurs all the time and, and um, a sinus infection or a sinus like post-nasal drip turns straight into an infection. And I had major respiratory issues. Then I came I learned about, I, I started utilizing acupuncture and really herbal medicine as a way to deal with my problems. Now, whenever I have a respiratory issue like wheezing on a day like today that is really humid and heavy, I'm wheezing, I put, and I give myself acupuncture in my ears, auricular acupuncture as a way to deal because you, know, you can't always get to points on your body. I do the lung point, I do a few other points, and I kid you not, within 30 minutes, I have stopped wheezing. So yes, there is that, there is an aspect of it. Could it be a placebo effect? Okay, maybe, but I'm going to accept that. I'm going to embrace it. I, I think it's, it's worse to fight those kind of false ideas or negative voices that people, you know, they say, oh, it's a joke. It's a placebo. I'm not going to fight you on it. Okay, fine. But it doesn't hurt. And there's also times that it works. Like it is amazing. I recently had a patient who I've been working with since February. It, she's 33 years old, very young, wants to get pregnant. She was bleeding mid cycle. She wasn't able to, she was starting her IVF journey, bleeding mid cycle. And her periods were very like, they, they weren't healthy. Over the past, so that's February and now we're in October. Over the past eight months, we've been working together. We've been working on creating a period that is healthier than my period. It now is every 20, 28 to 30 days where she bleeds four days, no spotting before and after. Now, if you, if, if you have that type of period, consider yourself lucky. It is very that is like the healthy textbook period. And we were able to, and the blood was like a nice rich color. She was able over this time, she did IVF to get some embryos, put them in the freezer. And during our time together, we got her period down. And then 
with the help of the body basal temp and the app and ovulation sticks, all of those things. She now has an ovulation period and she got pregnant. How insane is that? We went from bleeding mid-cycle, weekly acupuncture treatments. In addition to that, not only am I, so I'm a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. Herbs are so important. How you nourish your body in between those acupuncture sessions are important. What you do, what you surround yourself with, how you move your body, what you intake, everything, all of this takes is an aspect of it. So there is a placebo effect in, in the sense that acupuncture causes you to become more aware of not only what you're doing in that treatment room, but what you're doing outside of that treatment room, how your body is affected. So is that a placebo effect? Okay, fine. Maybe. Maybe it's just, you know, part of that too, is probably introducing mindfulness and just like exactly. self-care routine that, you know, maybe you just haven't done things for yourself. And so like having, you know, acupuncture, bringing that support and creating those like mindful spaces of like, we're just going to slow everything down for a minute and take some time for you. And, you know, at, at the same time, like increasing circulation and blood flow and all those things, like how amazing that our bodies can just like, just sometimes like in, in our world today, everything's just like busy, busy, busy and go, go, go. And we just shove food in our mouth without, mm -hmm really thinking about like the nutrition side of it and things just because we're, there's just so many things going on. And so like, if we can slow our worlds down just a little bit and add and these like absolutely. things that are like supporting our body instead of just popping a pill, um, which yeah. I mean, those things have their place and they can be extremely helpful if you need to function. Um, but if we really want to get to the root cause of like what's happening, there's so much that we can do to support our bodies through Absolutely. acupuncture or otherwise, that is just incredible. Exactly. So like people who say the placebo effect, I think there is something about becoming aware of your body. And again, I tell patients like we do live in a go, go, go society and it is easier to pop a pill and say, I feel better. But what I saw from when I had my back issues and I saw the MRI when I had my disc messed up to after acupuncture and seeing that healing process right there was a physical... MRI, an image of how that change happened. When I'm wheezing and I put needles in my ear and I stop wheezing, right there is a clear black and white picture of how acupuncture helps me. With my yeah. patients, I tell them if anything, and this is what I was saying before, like if anything, acupuncture just adds a positive element to your routine to become more aware of our bodies. Our bodies are amazing. Our bodies yeah. know what to do. We know to go to sleep. We know what intuitively we need, but we often, especially in, in this world today, we ignore that. We are told not to listen to our cues and to keep moving. So if anything, having that relationship with a practitioner, somebody who you trust is, it's just another tool in your toolkit of how to navigate this world and navigate life and to live your most healthy self, you know, like that's all it is. I'm not a magician. I tell people I'm not a witch, not a magician, and I'm not God. I'm not having, like, if you are a hetero 
you know, couple and you're having, you're the ones having sex, you know, not me. I'm just here to support the body. You're the one who are actually, you and your partner are the ones actually creating a child. I'm just here to support you. So it takes the pressure off of me. And it also, but at the same time, it creates a support system for the, the patient who's coming to me um, to go along this journey. And, and I think that's really, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we want as individuals. We want someone who will support us and to complain. And, and if anything, this isn't hurting us. It, it, it's helping us. Yeah. So I think, um, and that's why I love this medicine. You're going to have haters in anything you do. You have people, and there are acupuncturists who hate Western medicine and there are Western medicine people who hate Eastern medicine. That's not me. I don't, I, I'm not that type of person. I, I want us to work together and to support one another and to build each other up. And, and if anything, encourage that our best selves in, as we go about life. Yeah. I love that so much. I think looking at things is like, is it doing harm? No, it's actually probably helping a lot of people. And so in that case, like smile and move on, even if you have a different opinion, right. Um, as we like wrap up our podcast, uh, I want to ask, um, you a final question about your top three tips that you might have for pregnant people or new parents as they, from, you know, your perspective. In terms of just any tips, <laughs> Not, any, any, <laughs> any tips. I mean, I guess you, we could do it as related to acupuncture. Um, I think, or just like, yeah, <laughs> I think in, in, in the whole process and so many people come to acupuncture, maybe as they begin that journey, Yeah, I want them to recognize that this medicine is available to support them through all aspects of their life and their the process of not only trying to get pregnant but pregnancy and beyond and being a mother and that you know to remind ourselves that just like in those airplane you know uh safety instructions we need to give ourselves the oxygen first in order before we can help someone else. And especially as women, we often lose that sense and become the savior for other help others just to remember to be aware of our needs and how to support ourselves so that we could be the best mother, parent, sister, friend, wife, spouse, whatever it is, we are important. You know, the, the, I guess, I guess that's my, my tip to remind ourselves that we deserve that love and care that we give to so many people. Yeah. That's incredible. So where can people find you to learn more about you and Sokol Acupuncture? Um, where can people find you online? I guess. Uh, oh, great. I, <laughs> I'm at within so within is a acupuncture clinic um, in Manhattan that provides an opportunity for people to come more regularly to bring healing, make it available to the larger population. So I am there. I'm also in Westchester 
in my own private practice. And you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Avita underscore acupuncture. And I am doing some educational things there. And really, and I believe on Facebook, Sokol Acupuncture. So you can find me there as well. Incredible. Thank you so much for joining us. This was an incredible chat. And I think it's going to be really helpful for parents who are especially like interested in acupuncture and pregnancy and kind of curious about that space. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. (laughs) That's it from this episode of the Better Birth Podcast presented by Anja Health. See you next time.